All right, we are live. Okay, I was just telling Katrina, you'll know we're live when that red thing comes up. So we are live. This is this is weird for me because it's like the first. It's a Wednesday, and usually by now I, I no, it's a Thursday. Oh my God, is it? So it's a Thursday, and this is like the first, first time I've yeah. done a live stream all week. And usually by this time of the week, I probably would have been on the like by third or fourth one, but this wow. is the first one of of the week. And thank you for joining me and. This is, as I like to call it, the BBC, but not that one. It's the Brent Broadcasting Channel. The British guys are cool, but this is the Brent Broadcasting Channel. And I am really excited to have with you today, Katrini Gosek, who is with Oracle. And I want to make sure I get your title right. Vice President, Sales Portfolio of Oracle CX Product Strategy. Yep, Good. absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Katrina. This is great. Have me. This is exciting. <laughs> What's really cool is she just told me this is her first LinkedIn Live. So this is, yeah. I, I just, I just so don't want to, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to like mess it up so she'll never do this again. So <laughs> we want to make sure we do it. But uh, no, thanks for joining me. And, and, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, or really the main thing I really want to talk to you about is this whole area of the subscription model businesses, subscription yes. economies. And I know, like Oracle just recently announced some really interesting uh, additions to your uh, subscri or, uh, subscription management project uh, yeah. or product. So um, before we get into the specifics of, of some yeah, of these yeah. things, you know, we, it feels like we're on the verge of leaving the pandemic behind. But oh, I it's, hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, but it's been an interesting year when it comes to when you just look at how subscription businesses have uh, done in this, this last year. Maybe you can give me some of your impressions of how subscription business models fared and maybe compare and contrast it to the more traditional models that have been around forever. Yeah, you know, what we saw in our customer base um, was that customers who had figured out either e-commerce business models or subscription-based business models fared um, much better. They, they, some of them actually grew rapidly, you know, uh, 10, 10, 15, 20%. And, or some of, or they had a steady stream of income. You know, they didn't have a huge drop off of income uh, and revenue during the pandemic. And I think subscriptions, you know, if you're already growing that business, uh, you've got a loyal customer base. It's tougher for it to shrink on you, uh, kind of unpredictably. And it gives you a new growth framework. You know, if you're a traditional business, maybe not a pure play subscription business, you can keep adding, you know, different uh, products to your portfolio. And some of them can be subscriptions to services, usage models, uh, different packaging and pricing options. So it's all about providing consistent value and it makes customers stick around so you have less of a drop off. So yeah, we saw, we saw um, you know, during that cash crunch last year, um, we, our customers who had more mature or embarking on subscription business models definitely came out the other side much, uh, much more in one piece, let's say. <laughs> Yeah, and it seems like, you know, there were so many massive behavioral changes because people couldn't shop the way they traditionally shop for things like groceries. They, a lot of people like going to the grocery stores. They couldn't for a period of time. And so they had to go online and start ordering groceries and other things they probably would have gone to the store for. And some of those people 
I think a pretty significant amount of those people actually found out they, they like shopping online. Uh, so it, it, companies had to figure out, well, if we can't sell as many products through the retail channel, well, then we're going to have to build our own direct consumer channel. And it seems like subscription models really uh, that, prov that provided a really nice opportunity to once you built a kind of that direct connection to leverage a subscription model to have that connection go on month over month over month if possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, subscription models, if you're doing it right, you're providing consistent, unique value to the customer. So I don't think any, every subscription model is, is, is successful, to be honest, but where you're in a pandemic providing extreme value to a customer, you're offering things that they can't go out and get themselves. You're bringing them um, goods and services. You're letting them, you know, give you a little bit of cash over a you know predictable period of time versus having to shell out a lot of money all at once um you know it's it's good for the businesses offering this because they have a predictable revenue stream but it's also good for consumers and also b2b companies because they don't have to shell out uh capital expenditures expenditures that can use you know operational expenses and, and do it more incrementally um versus having to you know shell out a bunch of money at once. But yeah, on a personal note, you know, I discovered Instagram last or not Instagram. Um, Instacart. Instacart. Yeah. And I don't think I'm ever going back. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I love that service. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing about a, a, a subscription service. It does give an opportunity for a company to learn more about a customer and to, because there's just more opportunities to interact with them and those opportunities can really help to create a much stronger bond than, you know, like a traditional, somebody buys it in a store and then maybe they don't hear from you again until, you know, they feel like yeah. they want to buy something else. And that could be a couple of years down the line. So the, uh, yeah. So maybe you could also kind of talk about Oracle's approach to uh, making subscription models uh, easier to, to manage from a, a, a company perspective. Because there are certain things that maybe, you know, people are, are not necessarily all bought in on subscriptions or offering subscriptions, or maybe they're trying to figure out what's the best way for us to approach it. Because we're more of a traditional, you know, brick and mortar store and we're not a digital first. So how does a company like that begin to leverage the power of what subscriptions can do for them? Yeah, I mean, you hit the, you hit on something really key here, which is something that comes up frequently when we're talking to customers, which is it is a complete cultural change uh, with with your customers. If you're a traditional business, if you're not subscription native, digital native, and you're you know what you know a, car, a manufacturer of some sort, whether it's consumer goods or B two B goods, you know even high tech industrial manufacturers. It's like it's a cultural change because now everybody who who's in the business, not just salespeople, but marketing, finance, everybody, uh, customer success is now tied to revenue. So it's important for everybody to have customer success at top of mind. Um, so what does that mean? It means that basically everyone that touches any interaction with the customer from marketing, product development, sales, supply chain, customer service, customer success. Everybody's gotta be thinking about the customer first because it's not just about that churn and burn quarterly, winning, winning new customers every month 
it's about keeping the ones you have. It's about offering them more value because honestly, they could probably go find a similar service anywhere else. And it's it, the switching costs are, are much lower. So I think, you know, making sure that everybody who touches a customer has the data they need, the tools they need to be able to serve that customer in the best way is extremely important for the health of the business um, as you're moving to subscription models. Um, there's also a lot of, there's just a lot of data flowing out there, you know, from social data to, you know, kind of the behavioral data to transactional data, you know, front office, back office. How does that, uh, how can subscription models help to uh, leverage that information in a way that makes it a more meaningful interaction or a more meaningful product or service uh, from to allow customers to stay connected or actually make more companies stay connected to customers as those consumers, maybe their, their needs and their, you know, things change over time, but leveraging uh, the potential of all this data coming from a bunch of different angles, how can you leverage that from a subscription perspective to create a much more stickier offering? Absolutely. So I think about it as real-time data, which you mentioned, behavioral, clickstream data, social stuff, stuff that's happening in real time, combined with lifetime data. So things like you already have the customer, what do they already own? Um, what do, what is their usage? You know, how are they using the product? What are, the, what's their billing cycle? What's their contract? Um, where, where are they based? Maybe they have a couple different sites they ship to. So it's that real-time data combined with the lifetime data once you have the subscriber that's so important to bring together because you're talking about engaging in a life cycle with a customer in you know, over a potential, hopefully a, you know, a long period of time with that customer. So you're, you need to make sure you're getting actionable insights and you're leveraging all of that data from the moment you acquire the customer to the moment they need to renew or they need to upgrade or they need to make, change, make a change to the contract. You need to make sure you have all of that data in one place. And it's sometimes for a lot of customers, it's not, they're offering um, um, not just subscription services, they're offering, let's say a device, um, like a, you know, um, a phone, with a subscription or a warranty or a service. So you're, you have to be able to combine the hard good with the subscription as well, which is a pattern we're seeing more and more frequently in traditional manufacturing companies. So, you know, you need to also have all that data in one place. It's not just about digital interactions, but it's also about interactions with physical goods as well. Yeah, especially if you have smart devices that, you know, are able to, you know, kind of track usage and-, and yeah. You know, allow the company to have a better understanding of how this customer is using a device and maybe mm -hmm. even take that and, and provide, uh, you know, some knowledge or some insight to make the usage more effective, more efficient, you're understanding what they're doing and maybe they're not doing it as effective as they can be. And now you can kind of help them along based on that kind of information coming back to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'll give you two examples. One's more of a consumer example. So one that's used frequently is, is cars. A lot of auto manufacturers are looking at how to give customers a subscription to a car. And it's not a lease. It's actually a subscription to a car. So you can swap out the car. Let's say um, 
it's New England, it's spring, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, I want to go, uh, I don't want to rent a car. I want to, you know, have like a, a nice luxury car and drive up the coast with the top down. But when, when winter comes, let's say I want to swap that out for, you know, an SUV with good snow tires, right? And it's it's more than a lease. It's a it's it's a it's a subscription to the auto service that lets you swap out based on what how you want to use the, the subscription, right? And um, there's a famous example on the B2B side. I think it was uh, Royal Royce Air aircraft engines. This was like they were groundbreaking in the early 2000s. They were actually um, putting telemetry on their aircraft engines and they were selling them to, you know, uh, large um, airlines and ch charging the airlines by usage. Right. So how much they actually used the, the engine, not for the actual engine itself. And we're seeing that a lot more in high tech and industrial manufacturing, you know, telemetry, telemetry embedded IOT embedded in devices that allows you to track and monitor. You know, I think that's really interesting. That's the next way of that kind of device enabled subscription or physical object that allows you to um, subscribe to it in some way, shape or form. I think we're going to see that a lot more um, in both consumer industries and, and business uh, as well. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. You're seeing this, the kind of the pendulum shift to access versus ownership. And mm -hmm. it doesn't, it, it, are, are we seeing that same pendulum shift when it comes to uh, B2B versus consumers? Because yeah. consumers are seem to be all bought in on this stuff. Absolutely. Are, are you seeing B2B companies looking for more access and not as much ownership when it comes to the things that they need? Absolutely. So <laughs> I think um, we're referring to it at Oracle as the end of ownership because people don't want to own things anymore. Like we are seeing it in healthcare. So like hospitals want to um, subscribe to an MRI machine and they pay for, you know, the, the, the pieces that the services that need, they, that the company needs to run it. Or, you know, when a new technology comes out, they can swap out the MRI machine. We're seeing it in farming equipment, um, you know, large um, uh, tractor manufacturers, for example, are collecting data, agricultural data, from all of the different farmers who are using their tractors and reselling that data to to their users um, to say this is the best time you should plant these crops, use this fertilizer. Here's some you know things you should um, watch out for in terms of you know uh, weeds or, or fertilizers or things like that. So we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing crane manufacturers embed telemetry in their cranes so that again they can. Uh, give a subscription to a construction company to the cranes, but they don't, the construction company doesn't actually own it. Cause you know, how often do you really need it? Right. So yeah. really interesting stuff happening on the B2B side. I think we all experience it on the consumer side, but it's some really cool stuff happening in uh, high tech industrial manufacturing with subscriptions. So we're, we, we're talking about all these shifts that are coming through. And I think most of these shifts were already on the move, but the, the pandemic accelerated a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So why don't you yeah. tell us? Why don't you talk a little bit about you know what you guys just announced and how does those new uh, you know additions to what you guys have with Oracle uh, subscription managers? How those additions kind of feed into some of the things we just talked about? Yeah, sure. So again, going back to that idea I talked about of 
real-time and lifetime data. So that is so important um, to having a subscription engagement with a customer and being successful at it and empowering whoever gets the customer first with that real-time data or that lifetime data. So you can have a, a, full, a full picture. And so what we recently released was some awesome new um, churn probability prediction reports. So for example, so churn probability prediction report. So what does that mean? It means sales reps or customer or customer success reps can identify issues that might be impacting a customer renewal. Let's say um, they're logging more SRs or they're not logging in as much or they've changed their account settings or something like that. Some red flags that come up and that could alert a sales rep or a customer success rep to take corrective action around that. Um, Along with that, we've um, built, we have a lot of pre-built subscription reports. So that same sales rep or service representative when they're talking to a customer can see the full view of uh, the customer lifetime value, what they own, um, their total contract value, what uh, accounts and products they have and the and insight into that customer activity. So are they log logging a lot of service requests? So that's a really cool thing, giving the employees, helping customers visibility into some really granular level things to either course correct before a bunch of customers head for the door or use it to improve the relationship. Um, and so we've built integrations also on the customer side. So all of this can be exposed to you, Brent, as a customer, if you log on to the e-commerce side. So you can see your own usage, you can manage upgrading or downgrading some of your services. You can request help from a, a sales or service agent all within that integration to the commerce um, the commerce application that we have subscriptions embedded in. And the other cool integration we released was to service logistics. So imagine um, you have an internet outage and the provider sends a service technician out to your, uh, to your home to fix it. It, the, our integration allows that service, that field rep, that service technician to actually see your um, account and your usage patterns and your login and, you know, make recommendations or adjustments on the fly in the field. And that means I'm more sat you're a more satisfied customer because, you know, everybody who's talking to you has the same has the same view. So lots of stuff going on, but, you know, really cool stuff to enable employees to interact with customers better and also customers to have better experiences with subscriptions as well. So really exciting space. Yeah. I like the, that part of it. Of course, companies want to be able to manage the subscriptions in an efficient way and be able to aggregate the data to be able to create better products and services. But also I like the other piece of it, trying to provide the actual end user even more uh, say over the, how their subscription is being managed, how they want to be able to use it. And so I think that's as, as important as you know the, the B2B side, the consumer side, being able for, to allow them to have a little bit more control over it. Because once again, it's like they're, they're focused on access versus ownership, but they do want ownership over how they are accessing these products and services. Right, you want to be able to configure it. You want to be able to manage it. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like once you subscribe to something and then you look at your credit card bill and you're like, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm still subscribed to this. And then you go, and then you go trying to figure out how to cancel it. And, and it's like impossible, oh. right? So, and the last thing a company wants to do, the last thing a customer wants to do is pick up the phone, wait, you know, however long, 
you know, when you can just do it online yourself. So that's the problem we're trying to solve with the, the e-commerce integration. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's look once again. We're both kind of excited that we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here when it comes to the yeah. pandemic. So <laughs> what what should folks, if you look out six to twelve months, and you're you're really kind of just really starting to dig into how you can bring in uh, subscription models to your company because. A lot of the like traditional companies that have been around forever, they have products they, that they sell traditionally, but they might want to be able to add on a new subscription-based service. Um, so, how do they go about doing that? How do they find you know, the like the right mix going forward out of the pandemic? And what are some of the things they really need to be careful of? Maybe things that you know people were forced into doing uh, during the pandemic. But maybe once we get past this point, maybe that was just more of a temporary thing and not a, a, a permanent shift when it comes to, you know, implementing a subscription model. Yeah, I think the first big thing, so if, if you're thinking about subscription business models going down that road is just really acknowledging that it touches every part of the business. It is a complete relationship change with your customers. It's again, it's not that churn and burn you know, making the quarterly number, it, you're engaging now for a long period of time, an ongoing relationship with a customer, which means that your culture in your own company needs to change and how you treat your customer will have to change. Um, because, for example, um, finance, where they may have usually just been sitting in the back seat and, um, you know, doing forecasting and reporting. Now they're revenue is based on customer success. So, you know, what we see is successful companies think of new packages, new offerings, look at the health of the customer relationship from a finance perspective. Marketing campaigns have to change. They're not just throwing new products out there. Um, you're, you're also marketing ongoing value of the business with the customer. Um, salespeople need to go back and talk to their customers over and over again and figure out, you know, what they can offer them, upsell them, cross-sell them, maybe change their, their model a little bit. Um, and then finally, product development needs to really talk to their customers. Um, yeah, I mean. It seems so obvious, but yeah, you have to say it to a certain extent. It's yeah, you really do. You have to acknowledge it because I think sometimes, you know, we're all guilty of it, you know, whatever company you're in kind of sometimes putting things out in a vacuum. But if you're embarking on um, subscription models, I think you've got to acknowledge it's a complete revolution internally for your own company. Um, so you've got to be ready for that and got to think about how you're going to handle it. And then if you are, um, you know, from the customer side, just talk to them. You know, how would they like to, if you were to offer subscription models, how would they like to engage with you? Would they want to, you know, would they even want a subscription to a crane, um, you know, and that way you can co-develop, which I think is so important, like co-create, co-invent with your customers, um, because then it's just even more valuable, right, uh, to to what people are looking for. It, it, it feels like it's an easy statement to say, oh, well, let's add a subscription model to our, let's say, our traditional <laughs> business. But what they're basically saying is, you, you have to commit to changing the way your business, your traditional business kind of operates. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the interaction model between customers and vendors 
from a traditional business to a, a subscription, it's like night and day. So you have to be committed. You, you know, you guys make the technology, it makes it easier to manage at this point. But if you aren't ready to, you know, from a cultural standpoint, you, you're not gonna be successful with this. Yeah, I mean, technology is super important, but it should be in support of how you're going to change the culture internally, how you're going to have marketing work with sales, how you're gonna have finance work with product development, how you're all gonna, you know, oversee your customer and make sure that they're happy and they're successful. Because again, it, we, we, you and I have both said it a million times, it's an ongoing relationship. It's not a one and done, um, you know, selling one product and that's it. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's like a, it's like any relationship with anyone. It's, you know, constant nurturing. It, you've got to keep it healthy and you've got to stay on top of it and aware of what's going on. <laughs> So a year from now, what do you foresee in terms of uh, how subscription models are actually being used? Is it going to be pretty similar to, let's say, there's pre-pandemic, you know, where, where you know, consumers were pretty much subscribed to everything. But then during the pandemic, we, we bought more digitally. So I think there are more subscriptions. What's going to happen, you know, a year from now? With uh, what, what do you think in terms of projecting how subscription models are going to be used and implemented and, and depended on compared to where we are today. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to slow down at all. I think we developed a lot of new healthy habits in terms of, you know, <laughs> how we shop, you know, I'm a big online shopper. I always have been um, because it just saves you a lot of time and you have so many more options, right? The same with subscription models. It's like if the if the company you're subscribing to has the right mentality, has the right culture, you get so much more value because they're thinking of you over a long period of time. Uh, so I don't see it slowing down at all. I think you know it, it's it's one, and I, I definitely think on the consumer side, you know, we all started going to the to health. Um, uh, the gym virtually, right? Our, our gyms offered subscriptions to their, their classes where you could do it in your, your living room. You know, Peloton's a great example. Uh, Nordic Track is a great example of offering kind of online subscriptions in the device, you know, to keep you healthy. I think we're going to see that also on the B2B side with a lot more uh, innovation on high tech the high-tech and industrial manufacturing side as well. Well, you would think if that's the case, then uh, you you should think churn is going to really start to decrease because if you're doing the subscription and the interaction right, if your interaction model is is right with your subscription business model, then I think that you're saying churn becomes one of those things that you should see a definite decrease in uh, because you're 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 gathering more information. You're, you should be analyzing it and you should be leveraging that in more meaningful interactions, better products and services, or at least a better fit. Uh, so we should see a year could tell us a, a pretty significant story and how uh, we've moved out of the pandemic, you know, forward and where role subscriptions play in that. So this is great. Katrina, I, this has been a really great conversation. Thank yeah, you so much for doing you. this. But I have to ask this one question. I ask every oh, guest, okay. <laughs> as I, as I, every guest, and I'm really kind of fearing it because you're you're based in the Boston, New England area. Uh oh. Okay. So I got to ask this. So All do right. you have a favorite? NFL team. 
Well, I mean, New England, you can't say anything other than Patriots. So. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's a little controversial of an answer given the last year. But, and it was yeah. going so well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry to let you down. <laughs> I, I, just, I just hope but, I, have a, I have a nemesis online that every time I do a show, <laughs> I, I have to ask. And he, 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 he makes sure I ask it because he's a huge uh, Boston sports yeah. fan and a huge Patriots fan. So he's probably very happy right now. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to dismiss that because we had such a great time talking. And I really. I thanks for letting that slide. <laughs> I am going to let it slide. And thanks again. This has been great. And I definitely want to have this kind of conversation, uh, you know, down the line because I want to see how things are progressing. I want to see, I mean, love to ask you how your customers are, are using you know, these subscription model services that you're, you're bringing to bear. And just to see if, uh, you know, this whole idea of own access versus ownership is still heading in that same direction we see it in heading in. All right. Yeah. I would love to talk again. And uh, thanks for making this so fun. My first LinkedIn Live. I appreciate it. <laughs> that means she's going to do more, folks, because we, we did it right. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for checking this out. Actually, you know, this is Thursday. So in a little while, we'll be doing the CRM players. Me and Paul Greenberg will be back. And so you'll see us at 3 p.m. East Coast time. Until then, later. Bye.